0: Welcome to the Customer Support Leaders Podcast. I'm Charlotte Ward. Today, we're listening to one of my favourite episodes from the archives. I'd like to welcome to the podcast today Todd Curtis. Todd, it's lovely to have you join me on this chilly autumn evening around this glorious campfire as we gather together to tell some scary support stories. But first, since it is your first time on the podcast, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: I'd be happy to. Thanks, Charlotte. Um, And it is a cold, rainy day, so I'm happy for the campfire. Um, My name is Todd Curtis. I'm the Chief Product Officer at You Need a Budget, uh, or if you're busy and short on time, you can just say YNAB. And I used to be um, I used to run support for WineApp as well, um, and so my scary story that I think we're going to talk about um, comes from from five or so years ago. At that time, yeah. But I'm still, I would say that uh, support is really still uh, near and dear to my heart, and I think of it as a part of our product. So
0: it uh, it often is with subscription models, isn't Absolutely. it? And uh, yeah. I saw you tell this story a couple of years ago in Boston, and I was sat in the audience that day. And I have never seen so many support people oh. <laughs> raise a collective gasp of of uh, terror <laughs> as you unfurled this story. So uh, oh, I, uh, I'm, I was keen to have you back to tell it again because I. Hey, I mean, what, what what is this week for, if it's not for, for terror and chilling tales? Um, yeah. So, <laughs> are you reliving it as we speak? Talk? A little bit. A little, little bit. bit a yeah. little bit. Would you like to kick off and tell us where it all begins?
1: Sure. Um, where it begins is that Wineb guessed by the name You Need a Budget, makes personal finance software. We teach people how to make a budget and take control of their money. And we've been around for a um, decade and a half or so. And up through uh, 2015, we had downloadable one-time purchase software. And throughout 2014 and 15, we were working in the background on transitioning uh, to web-based software and transitioning to um, a SaaS subscription Business model. Hmm.
0: Um,
1: so that's sort of the the deep background for that story. As we did that in support, um, support was always very important to us because um not just technical support, but um working with finances is really anxiety provoking uh for a lot of people. There's a good Halloween theme. Um, and they need some hand holding a lot. So our support was always a place where people could ask a non-technical support question about mm. how to build a budget or the best way to go about managing their money. Um, and so it was really, really important to us. Part of our support also at the time has always been um, teaching online workshops, for example. Um, anyway, we did that with a team of, um, gosh, when I first became responsible for support, I think there were two of us in 2018. 20- Uh, 14, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, and by the time we got towards the end of 2015, we were probably in the middle of hiring our sixth and seventh Mm -hmm. support specialist. Um, and we probably at that time were used to getting maybe 200 conversations a day. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: That's kind of a deep background on where YNAB was before Windup support was before this story started. Mm-hmm. Our biggest issue um, was how to handle. We had a, a, a sync algorithm between our our desktop software and our mobile clients that went through Dropbox, and it was really tricky. Um, and that was our biggest headache: was how do we help people mm. resync through Dropbox?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, syncing to Dropbox always a headache. Two hundred tickets full-time job for six-ish support folk, right? Um, and then you, you decided, well, YNAP decided to move to a subscription model. That's what I recall of the story. Mm-hmm. Big changes.
1: Big changes and changes that we largely thought would reduce our support load um, because we were going to remove this Dropbox sync issue by becoming web based, mm-hmm. and our long-running issue we had was that um, there was people would talk about a, a steep learning curve for using WinApp, and we really felt like you know the new version wasn't just taking the desktop version and putting it on web. We mm-hmm. really felt like we had resolved a lot of the user experience issues that had made WinApp difficult to get started with. So we were pretty sure that our support load was going to go way down with this launch.
0: Were you you reassuringly optimistic at this point?
1: I'm quite optimistic. I do remember we had a retreat probably in October before the launch, and uh, one of our support specialists, Jen, had said, what if it doesn't go down? What are we going to do? (laughs) <laughs> um, and I remember saying something to the effect of, we'll get by like we always. I, I have
0: uh, I have visions of you on this retreat in October, in another long distant, since gone October. I imagine it was much like this, these comforting conversations around a campfire. Campfire,
1: <laughs> yeah, marshmallows, the whole thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nothing to worry.
0: About. Nothing to see here, it'll be yeah. totally fine, excellent. Well,
1: it's all good. What happened
0: next? Yeah, what happened next? So, um,
1: we were in the home stretches. We went. We we did a kind of a soft launch, paid beta, went pretty well. Um, we had some things that weren't quite done in the in the change to a new version, but it was also very important that we launch by New Year's because New Year's resolutions. Speaking of Halloween, I guess um, New Year's resolutions mm-hmm. are a real thing, like. Mm-hmm ghosts and um people make them about their money so january is very important to us um, and very important to a lot of people out there as far as taking control of their money so we really had to launch
0: before the meeting
1: so we set december 30th 2015 as our date and i remember in the couple of days leading up to that making a really concerted effort to put the polish on all our snippets and make sure the queue was sitting at zero so that when we kind of pulled that lever on noon on the 30th we'd be starting sleep, and we did we were we were ready to go
0: wow wow i i sense that this story is about to take a turn <laughs> <laughs>
1: it did it did take a turn so our queue as I said, but I'm going to say it again. On noon, December 30th, 2015, was zero. And we were used to getting about 200 conversations a day.
0: Every support team's dream. Every yeah. support team's just dream. Just
1: waiting for someone to write in. Yeah. 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 Um, 24 hours later, our queue was 5,500. <gasps> and there were still just six of us.
0: Wow. So... <laughs> a little bit beyond capacity, then. <laughs> a,
1: a bit, a bit. Uh, yeah. We, we. I don't, I don't know how many. I mean, we must have gotten about fifty-five hundred, because I don't know how many we could answer this right. six in that first week. So that's probably about how many. We got
0: wow. First Wow. Wow. So you're sat at desks, presumably, looking at this queue. Mm -hmm. What's going through your mind? I know what's going through my mind and and what went through my mind back in 2018 when I heard this story, Yeah, (laughs) which was sheer terror.
1: Yeah, Um, definitely some of that um, disbelief, really. I mean, like when I look back in retrospect, I'm almost surprised that I wasn't more, I don't know, panicked or... That I wasn't like beating my head against the wall. Um, and I think maybe some of that was disbelief like, okay, maybe I see that number right there over on the side of Help Scout, but maybe, I don't know, tomorrow it'll be better almost, I think like was an part out-of-body yeah,
0: of it. Outer body experience of some it's, sort. Yeah. It's
1: so unreal, it can't possibly continue almost, right? Like an yeah. apparition. <laughs> Um, I, I, I really think that that was, that was part of my feeling at, I think, probably 3.30 in the morning. It wow. became the 31st, not the, the uh,
0: 30. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, that was my initial reaction. So, deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't even begin to imagine how you deal with that volume. With six people uh, at that percentage yeah. over capacity, um, yeah. What, what do you do?
1: And it, it, um, my my hopeful dream did not turn out to be true. It continued. Um, oh. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what our peak. I don't know what our peak was, but I think it was probably higher. What do you do? Um, I think for the first few hours, we just scrambled. You know, almost thinking like, it'll slow down. Um,
0: You work fast enough, you'll get on top of it. Exactly.
1: exactly. No matter how few of you there are, your first instinct, I think. Um, It became clear both quantitatively and qualitatively that that wasn't going to work. Because what we uncovered as we started that process of just trying to power through was that there were all sorts of questions that we had never answered before. We didn't have answers to these questions Um, because it wasn't just a spike in the queue. It was a brand new product with brand new features and one where we had, um, not rushed, but where we had had to meet that deadline. So maybe we haven't been able to prepare as much as we would have or could have for some of those questions. So we were discovering brand new types of questions mm. in that. It wasn't just the volume.
0: So you're not, you're not, re- you, you don't you have a stronger backbone of knowledge or macros or I think snippets, you said. Yeah. In so none, none of that stuff that when you're dealing at peak, you often rely on when customers have the same question over and over again. That helps you get through a normal day, doesn't it? Right. peak normal day.
1: Yeah. And I can th- think of an example where, We still had this classic version. Um, And so we also then had two apps companion in the app store. And um, we found that people were writing in basically with an issue of no longer being able to sync mobile. They were on the new web version and they couldn't sync their mobile app. And it turned out that they had the wrong mobile app. But we couldn't figure out. We had a we had a screen on there that was supposed to take, and we, and so we're live. You know, looking at this screen, what's wrong with this? And we, you know, figuring out that oh, this button that we actually meant to de-emphasize doesn't even look like a button anymore. It looks like a, <laughs> a, a an artistic reflection that we <laughs> that we use. So like, you know, there we all are on just one continuous google hangout trying to figure this out live Mm. meanwhile you figured it out and and you know 400 more people have written in this
0: problem Mm. did Uh, you dream of the days of 400
1: oh that was i was i charlotte i remember distinctly thinking like oh if tomorrow only a couple thousand people write in (laughs) that'll be better Mm. um when we were used to a couple of hundred. So, yeah, I was, I was dreaming of 1,500, let alone 200. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. So you're not getting on top of this pile then, and uh, it's uh, shifting sands, I guess, in every yeah. respect. You're just constantly climbing and, and not getting to the top. What do you do?
1: We made a couple of hard choices. Um, we very much prided and... Um, continue today to pride ourselves on very personalized support um and we have snippets but we really we use a snippet as a core of an answer if -hmm. we want if there's a five-step process for someone to do something we don't need to type those five steps over Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and better not anyway because we don't want to risk typing it wrong and sending the person so anyway so we do use automation a little bit in that way but only in the in the context of a personalized response but um, obviously um, that many new conversations personally. So we did a couple of things. One, we, we didn't even like to have an auto-reply because we were going to reply fast enough that you didn't need. Mm. We set up an auto-reply. It gradually got a longer and longer time inserted. You'll hear wow. back from us in 24 hours.
0: Oh, no. You'll
1: hear back from us in 48 hours. You'll hear back from us in three days. And we kept extending that time. Each time uh, was a gut punch. Mm. Um, but it was direct, honest, so it had to be done. Um, we um, collected what we thought of was a list of maybe the five most common issues we were experiencing. And we made what was essentially a five-question FAQ around, hey, I'm having trouble with this launch. Is it what? And we ended up putting that in the auto-reply to say, we're underwater. Your issue is probably one of these. Please check this page. If it's not, write back.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, reply to this same message so that we will know that Mm -hmm. you didn't get your question. Um, That, they were common issues. So that took care of a fair number. Um, then we did some things. This I will almost always like, not regret because we m- needed to do it. But I feel like it was maybe my my lowest support, where I made. Um, so there's those there were those five issues, and then maybe there were the next five mm-hmm. that needed something a little bit more dialed in of a response, something more specific. And I made snippets for those five things. Um, but then this is the dark moment. I went through the queue, 50 conversations at a time, and I would send what I thought was the right plot reply based only on reading the subject line that the user had sent.
0: Wow. So
1: I would look at those 50, I would read the subject lines, and I would check off on that page of 50, these nine seemed like response number one. I literally had like a sticky on my desk that said workflow number one. hmm and so I would check off those nine or 11 and I would run a workflow that would send that reply, never having read a conversation. Wow. Brutal. Horrible. Brutal. Horrible. Yeah. The exact opposite of what I think I'm of as good story.
0: Feeling all the terror again, Tom.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> right. No, I'm glad I can bring it back for you.
0: It's, it's evoking such awful dreams of just hearing the story the first time, let alone yeah. experiencing it. Yeah. Um,
1: so we did that. So I think those were, the, those were the things that we did to, um, well, to try to move through conversations faster. The other dark thing that we did was kind of a, a pew bankruptcy.
0: No. Um, you know, no. These
1: conversations have been hit, sitting here so long, the person has probably moved on.
0: Oh, so no. we're going
1: to basically just send an email to them to say, we couldn't get to your email. Um, we, you know, hopefully here's, again, here's the NFAQ page. We hope you solved it. And we just sent that email, that generic email to them. Wow. So that we could respond better if they wrote back or if someone um, Yeah. So, that, yeah, again, I don't it, it hurts to say it out loud, but I already gave a couple. You
0: did. Yeah.
1: The um, the other thing we did was we started hiring the so.
0: <laughs> And at this point, so just just at this point, what's the timeline? Like when you decided just queue bankrupt, the ones that you could not even send a, a random, like not random, but a, a yeah. best guess response to. I
1: think we're a couple of weeks. Ago.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, a couple of weeks we were, of hell. Yeah. About yeah. that time. Where and it did, you know, it, the the volume did diminish. It did go down to a thousand a day, but that was still five times what we were used to, and we were still trying to figure out some of the problems. We had probably problems with technical problems, like with migration from our previous version to the new one. That wasn't working. So we still had new, you know, things that we were still trying to figure out the best way to help. And it was probably a couple of weeks in when we decided like we we need to. Because we wanted to get back to doing it in a yeah, personalized, yeah. really helpful way that felt true to our core values and true to our product value.
0: Yeah. And you're still in January, so there's still a yeah. somewhat of a hope of rescue of this situation yeah. of, of your absolute peak, right? So, so how long how long would it ordinarily take to hire and on board?
1: <laughs> yeah, just the right question. Because up to this point we ran, if we ran a really quick hiring process, it would be six weeks. It was often more like that. Mm. Um, we have always been a remote company, not just 2020. Um, so um, we could never do that thing where you just set aside everything for three days and get people in a conference room and have candidates come in and go from group to group. It was always one stage, one week, one stage the next week. Mm. But, um, and because we were remote, we also ran a very intensive process to make sure that we could really get to know this person remotely well enough to offer, offer them a job. But that obviously wasn't going to.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so
1: we set a goal that we would have, I think it was probably a, a Tuesday or a Wednesday, I remember sitting around talking about this, that we wanted to do job offers the following Friday. Oh. So we, yeah. we have we have 10 days to do what normally takes us up to 10 weeks. Um we ha- happily thankfully had had an open posting on the website on our, on our marketing site. Um I don't know if it was actually open at that time but we had just finished hiring two people and we felt like wait a minute we have another you know x100 people who had written in about that one.
0: Yeah you've got a pool that you what can if we start there. Go back to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: So we I think three of us went in and just pulled um, people who looked promising based on the letter they had written. And we started them, we sent them a questionnaire, a long form questionnaire, which is usually probably the third or fourth step in our process. We did that first. Um, and then after that questionnaire, we would usually have two or three calls. We had one call after that. Um, and then we asked them if they would like to start, um, basically on a trial basis for eight weeks, mm. um, and that we could hopefully use that time to, um, obviously on board, but, you know, continue to get to know them a mm.
0: bit. and,
1: you know, that would normally, we would still be in our hiring process. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, um, and yeah, so the, the following Friday we had six new support. Wow. We doubled our
0: team. <laughs> That's a huge, that's a huge load for an already stretched, stressed, overburdened team. Like onboarding into a team that's six or eight or 10, one person is really felt if you double the team at speed, at stress, more nightmares, right? (laughs) Did it go well, though? Please tell me it it went well. It
1: did. I, I mean, again, one of those, like in retrospect, I mean, I don't like, I'll come back to the more immediate matter of your question but those people who were in that six uh group i think at four of them occupy very significant positions at ynab inside and outside support
0: wow
1: um it was a gold mine there Mm. i mean we we did so well um so but yeah more to the at that moment onboarding a team to double the team I think we did a good job being genuine, which is one of our core values, and saying, "Look, we, you know, we just need you to sink or swim and, gosh, hopefully swim." Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and suppose, in one ironic way, there were enough conversations that had enough in common that you could train someone to answer one, literally one type one question, and they could go in. Mm. and get a whole lot of work done answering that question
0: mm, that makes sense and
1: over and over. But yeah. in a more personalized way yeah than we had been able to do before yeah so we and then we then we just did it again we hired those six people and we immediately did it again
0: wow so triple the team to cope with i don't this know thing. if we
1: got six the second time we we did it again as a goal but i think right. maybe we only got four the next
0: that's still some amazing growth at speed, at stress. Yeah. Wow!
1: I, I don't know what the final number was, but I, I feel like we might have we might have gotten f- gone from six to low twenties in, wow. in six months. Wow!
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a success, a success story at was, the end of all yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you live to tell the tale.
1: Yeah, we did. My, um, just just barely. Carrie, who was our director at the time, and I um, took our first days off in February, uh, including Saturdays. My favorite story from the story is when I was talking to my wife, and she said, you know, you really should take a day off. And I said, I just did yesterday. She said, well, that was a Sunday. <laughs> um, and I think that was Sunday, February 15th or whatever it was. So that, wow. was the, that was the first time we kind of put the keyboard down.
0: Mm. Wow.
1: Yeah, it's very scary. and it's, it's, uh, it's, fun is the wrong word. It's fun to think about in the sense of, like, an experience that made you who you are. A bit. And it definitely made me, it, re, it only reinforced what I believe about good support, mm. having had to do something that I thought wasn't.
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah, live to tell the tale.
1: Yeah, yeah, Uh, live to be better.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yep.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that. That was every bit as horrific as I recall it being. And indeed, indeed, perhaps reinforced for the you know the dark night, the flickering flames, and the personal story. Um, Thank you so much, Todd. Uh, Should should we throw another log on the fire?
1: Absolutely. Let's have some marshmallows.
0: Lovely. Thank you so much. it for today go to customersupportleaders.com forward slash 140 for the show notes and i'll see you next time